Hey Bucks County, guess who's coming at you again? It's your favorite podcast here in Bucks County, and we are coming to you today, bringing you some very, very cool information from a very cool friend. I have my friend, Alabama. Yes, yes, I know. Her her name is Rockin'. Alabama. I love, you know, it just makes me think about the the time when I was listening to all these old groups from way back when. And it just, I love the name. She is. She's awesome. And I'm going to have her come on very shortly. She is a woman who is inspirational, determined, motivational, is not even close to to what she can do. She's a mom. She juggles so much education, everything that's going on in this pandemic. So just take this, you know, mom at home who's juggling the husband, juggling the kids, juggling the school end, trying to work at the same time. And especially if you've got kids that need even more help, you might have a special needs child. You might have, you know, academically challenged You just have so much going on. You've got dogs. You've got everything under the sun, taking care of the house. It's crazy. It's a really crazy time to be handling the pandemic and be handling everything at home and your job. So we're going to talk to Alabama and she's going to tell us what she is doing, how she's handling all this. And we'll see where it goes because this is one of those conversations that we just need to talk, get things off our chest, and enlighten people that are out there in Bucks County and beyond. Tell us what's going on in your world. Help others by listening to the stories of others. And it, this podcast has done that. It's really helping others out there, not just on the business side, but the individuals that listen in to hear others, to hear the stories of what has happened to us in 2020. Let's just hope and pray that things will get better. But unfortunately, I think we're going to see it get worse before we see it get better. But we need to stay positive. By all means, you have to stay positive. No matter how much negativity you have in the world right now, no matter what is going on, it is so, so important. Just remember, you have to remain positive in a negative situation you will win at all costs being positive. Optimism is a happiness magnet. Think about it. If you stay positive, good things and good people will be drawn to you. You have negative, anything negative about you, it brings in negativity. You will draw that kind of uh, people around and it won't help you be positive. So think about it. Optimism is a happiness magnet. If you stay positive, good things and good people will be drawn to you. So friends and families and colleagues of all out there in Bucks County world and our podcast world, please stay positive as much as you can as we are about to bring Alabama on and we are going to have a very laid back and beautiful organic conversation today. Stand by. Hey Bucks County Bites, I'm back and I have my really cool, cool friend of mine, Alabama. Hi, I mean, that's such the coolest name in the world. 
So <laughs> my friend Alabama, we were just talking a little bit prior to the call. We're going to do an intro with her. She's going to introduce herself to the world. But we were just saying, it's like, you know, how are you? It's like, oh my gosh. It's like, I feel like the kind of like the world's crashing around us right now. So much going on. But she's going to have uh, an intro here. She's going to tell the world who she is and a little bit about herself. And I'm going to let you take it from here, Alabama. Thank you. Thanks, Martha. Um, yes, uh, it's me, Alabama. I'm here on Martha's Bucks County Bike Podcast, and I'm thrilled. Uh, I am um, a PA native, so I've been here my whole life. And I, I guess I'll wait for the podcast to tell you more about myself, but there is so much to cover. I mean, really, with this whole situation, being a teacher, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what day it is. So, I think that's like I, the whole world at this right. point, isn't it, Alabama? I, I said something today to, to a friend of mine. I said, you know, how's your Tuesday going? It's like, well, it'd be great if it were, you know, Tuesday, but it's Wednesday. And I thought, how do I not know what day it is? Yeah. But, but Everybody. I feel, I feel like it's really irrelevant. <laughs> you know what? Um, it's very strange that you said that because I've met a lot of people that don't know what the, they don't know what date is. Because yeah. and even though we have our phones and we can see the dates, we're just every day is like a groundhog day. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It doesn't change because yeah. of this crisis. Yeah. You know, and and I think about you all the time because that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here because. I know you've got kids, you've yes. got the education, you're you're, uh, you're doing everything under the sun, and to manage it and juggle all this, uh, that's why we need you here, to tell your story, to help others out there, and it does. So how are you managing, you know, with the kids, are the kids at home right now, that's the question, are they in school, or are they at home being, you know, schooled there at your house? Yeah, so um, it has changed because uh, when this pandemic first hit, I was working. I am still working. I'm a full-time teacher at a school, private school, special ed teacher. And um, so when it first hit, like it was surreal. You know, I remember that. My kids were in uh, a school district, local. And, you know... I think, you know, we leave school or, you know, on a Friday, I can't remember the days exactly. And then that was it. Then we never went back, you know, and, and felt like that was the whole spring. And, you know, at first it was like, you know, a little novel, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I have two teenagers, so I tried to make it fun because we were all here together, navigating something very, very unique and challenging, but, um, just trying to make the best of it. I think like every mom and, and, and professional, right? Like yeah. you're, you're just trying to do your job while uh, taking care of your family and, and making sure like they feel safe. I think that that was the biggest thing for me mm-hmm. because um, they're at impressionable ages. So even though they're, you know, teenagers and, and, you know, as most teenagers feel that, you know, every, they can escape everything and nothing will ever harm them. Oh, sure. I think the pandemic uh, is an exception. Um, I think that COVID has really been one of those things where 
it has scared our children and our teenagers included. So, you know, I, I, I remember, I mean, thank God for online shopping. I know, like, that became uh, <laughs> outrageous, right? I know. I think it's one of the things we're all doing. Sure. I never thought I was going to shop using my apps. I mean, I always had them. I never thought I'd be using them. And you got used uh, to it. You're used well, to it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was a, a huge Amazon fan beforehand, but... Mm. When COVID happened, you know, and, and it's still happening, you know, I I ordered for my children really like um, you know tie dye kits and games and puzzles and books and I just wanted to make sure that if we were going to be here, like it was going to be as full of a, a variety of things to do right. rather than being online or you know that that was possible. And again, like I said, when it first happened, I think it was novel and kind of exciting and look I'm an introvert I, I, I love kids and I love my job and I love um, being a teacher but I think in my soul I am a much I'm a happy homebody and mm-hmm. so for some of us COVID was like yeah, it's kind of nice it's kind of <laughs> nice to be home <laughs> you know and an excuse to kind of avoid the peoply world mm-hmm. and, and and you know and the, the trappings of the outside right. and, and so I think like um yeah but again it wears off and then as it dragged on and then you're into the summer and now it's are we gonna be able to go anywhere like see anybody do anything and it was so far in that you know I think I just wanted to again make sure that the kids were feeling good my job had kind of all the teaching stuff and for anybody who was an educator you just wanted to make it through the end of the year last year. You wanted the kids to do the work that they could, but nobody mm. was prepared. So my own children were not prepared. The teachers were not really fully prepared for online learning. Right. Um, I was not as an educator. And we just really tried the best we could. And it, it was clear that uh, any kind of system where it was you know, in person, either hybrid or virtual, was going to be extremely challenging. Um, in any situation to really um, teach yeah, right. well, get right. the content across, check for understanding, you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of different things. And um, it's just not something we thought of, right? Because we just right. weren't prepared. No, I, I mean, so, I talk to a lot of people that um, you're in your situation. I know other educators too, that they were not prepared for this. They weren't ready for the problems that were coming. It's like, oh, yes, it was kind of novel. Everybody's staying home. You know, everybody's gathering their toilet paper and their paper towels and their supplies from Amazon and going shopping on an app. Yeah, that's what everybody was doing. But, you know, and still it led into the summer. Then the kids got through school and now they're all, you know, home during the spring. Now they're home during the summer. (laughs) And now you got through that, which, you know, you're seeing the struggles. And now you're starting up again. You know, you've got the fall. Where, you know, a lot of kids did go back to school, but there are a lot that didn't. Also, they were probably teaching from home or in pods. So we're, we're seeing more problems now as the numbers are climbing. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big problem. You know, and the problem you're seeing a lot of problems with the kids and the families, the moms, the dads. It, it's, it's, it's really a struggle for everybody. It's really um, hard on our mental health, our physical health, everything combines. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, so, you know, you get through the summer and you kind of not sure, right, what to expect coming into the fall because 
you don't know what educators you know, like my 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 children my own children are going back and they started in eighth and ninth grade in a public school okay. in the fall and then i'm going back um as an educator in my school and I, i'm in a high school and you're kind of you know over the summer you're learning about the, all the different platforms now that you're going to be um you're going to need to learn and to implement and to use and i know that that my my children's at the um, school district that they're in and the educators they worked uh can i curse <laughs> you can yeah I, all i have to do is if you if you do curse i just put an e tag on it and i give a warning to when i well, post you it. know they worked for two butts <laughs> off okay because i mean really like i don't think anybody knows how much was put into um the labor to try and prepare for the fall because you know in the spring like this just like I get through now the fall every teacher myself included and in my building in public or private you're now saying you know it it can't be just making it through. this is if this is the way it's going to be then our standards everything is like um it's just unbelievable because you know uh it's trying to do what you're doing in person virtually and it's just so challenging um because you now have a situation where so not only uh all the platforms you know all these different platforms are being kind of not thrown at you but you know mm. thrown at you really they are um, yeah they are them, you know so they changed all of our grading platforms and all of our teaching platforms they outfitted every class with cameras they were oh my yeah so now we have all this technology and again not everybody is you know great with that so there's all those challenges and then you have um other uh, students who are being offered now when we started it was everybody's fully virtual right mm -hmm. and then after a certain amount of time and the teachers are you know everything is trying to get you know up and running and everybody's really doing the best they can do that's how i feel everyone and so oh. then you're getting into a situation where now it's being offered like this hybrid situation so my kids i think going back to the initial question you asked me my own children are hybrid they go in to the building 2 days a week and they are home 3 days two of those days are real like um learning kind of days and i think well they're all 3 days are learning but the one day i think every week is a deep cleaning day for the school oh is so, that what they're doing so they're taking are they taking one day a week and they're doing yeah, a deep clean at my kids school my own children so the public school that they're in So it's two days. So Mondays and Tuesdays, kids go. Wednesdays, I believe, is deep cleaning, and then Thursday, Friday, kids go. And my kids go, so you know, two days. My school is also in a hybrid situation, and I'm there every day. There's deep cleaning done on certain days of the month. We have people coming around every day, all day, sanitizing everywhere. We have. The, this protocol that we follow is unbelievable. Like I, um, I, I probably wouldn't have believed it had I not been involved. Am I not involved in it every day? But we're talking about high school students who, you know, have to adhere to certain uh, staggered, you know, dismissals from classes. So we have, you know, kids leaving classes at different times. Uh, you know, seniors, juniors, sophomores, then freshmen, and so they're staggered. All the, you know, the time in between classes is. um changed they're still getting 40 minutes how the how the people worked out the schedules to me is yeah. genius um and the protocols so the hallways are all 
Everything is clearly marked, masked 24 seven. Oh my gosh. Uh, cafeteria protocols, but it's almost how do, I have a question for you. So yes, the cafeteria, good question. Mm-hmm. How do they do the cafeteria? You know, you got kids going in there. Everybody's doing their duty, wearing the mask, keeping six foot. Yeah. How do they handle the cafeteria situation? They have them distance in the cafeteria. Yeah. They have their yeah. masks off. They're eating their food. So, so they don't, they, they, it's the only time they can take their masks off is in the cafeteria in my building. My kids in the public school don't eat at school. When they go to school on the days they go, they're dismissed and then they come home and eat. But oh, in my school, I did not know that. Okay. Right. So in my school, um, the kids are, it's just like another class. But like, I'm okay, in both situations, public, private, wherever, you also have this option for fully virtual. So you have kids that are fully virtual mm. as well. And so every day teachers are teaching, there's always a virtual lesson being delivered at the same time. And um, to whoever's fully virtual. And um, so at, at lunch at times, the kids are coming in staggered. They sit down where they get their lunch, staggered six feet apart, like you would any restaurant see it. There's little things on the ground. There's, t- there's monitors in there, teachers, like four or five faculty monitors. Wow. Um, <laughs> and they sit six feet apart. There's tape on the seats they're allowed to sit in. And only when they sit down with their food are they allowed to take their mask off and eat. Oh my gosh. And they stay there. Unbelievable. This is just and it unbelievable. Is unbelievable. It is yeah. unbelievable. It, it, so, the stress, think about the stress that everybody's yeah. going through. So all the teachers and the people out there helping, everybody involved in education, all the students out there, the massive amount of anxiety and stress that's on everyone. It's horrible. So some teachers did not come back. That's what happened. Some teachers did to pack it in. Really? Oh, yeah many i don't know if you've done like if you i i think there's i'm sure there's not collective data yet but i'm sure that there will be i didn't know many that. their retirement at the beginning of the school year because it was just too much and and, and i can and, and i really feel for them i i am in a different situation being a special educator in terms of being able to help kids from on the outside so mm-hmm. i do a lot of work with small groups anyway um and I do a lot of intensive kinds of things. Um, I, I, you know, it, wow. it, it, it's a, but but it's um, but for the classroom teacher, it has just been I think an extremely stressful situation. And then the kids, you know. So I think I've seen, and like you have said, um, a market increase in the anxiety levels mm-hmm. of say my kids the kids i teach the kids and there's it's just because you know again you're 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 asking students teachers and everybody to deliver instruction and you're asking students to receive this instruction in a way that is for them not traditional and for a lot of kids not um it doesn't come easy to them to learn virtually that's um, another question i have for you so you have um, you work with with special education, right? Is that you're you've got special uh, students? They have maybe a learning disability. So I have kids that run the gamut. So I'm in a high school. The kids are all integrated for um, on level material. Okay. So um, they have average cognitive ability, but mm. they have a, a host of different uh, things. So I have kids that have learning disabilities, autism spectrum. Okay. Um, 
ADHD, it could be anything. And a lot of them, anxiety, uh, mental health. Oh, you're seeing issues, it all. Which impact their ability to perform successfully in school without support. Mm. Uh, and that's that's the wave of, of, of the things that we're well, seeing. Then you've got, so if you've got all these problems, then mm -hmm. you've got a problem with them learning. Some of them can't learn that way, right? Virtually yep. is not for everybody. A lot no. of these kids love, like, they learn in the classroom. They learn one-on-one. -on -one. They got somebody yep. right there. So now you're taking these kids and you're putting them in virtually to yep. a classroom. How are they doing? What are you seeing? In it's the really, uh, really hard. And you know what? I, I just think, um, you know, that we're doing the best we can, but it's very challenging. So what I'm doing and what I'm doing for my own children is making sure that, you know, um, like on the back end of things, you know, making sure that their organization and, you know, because that's really challenging for them because here they have certain classes some days and then, you know, but in a virtual setting, it's um, different and so, um, there are certain classes, as you know, that like, okay, for example, math, world language, and science, mm -hmm. I'm finding are those subjects that uh, are really hard to teach virtually to kids who have struggles in those areas. Oh, I can't they, imagine. You know, they really need a lot of my kids at school and my own kids like want to be shown by a person mm -hmm. how to do uh, the math that they're doing, algebra, geometry, trig whatever it is you know like and you know you can show somebody something on a board and i can watch a video on it on khan academy you know that's a great site for um any educators or students but it's not the same as a person no now some kids thrive in that setting you know that's their you know that's their thing they could do virtual 24 7 they'd be happy yeah some kids but, do really well in it they do right, the they're, they're performing well and not right. not the kids that are struggling the ones that you know have a, maybe a learning disability they need a person with them mm -hmm. to help there's just no doubt about it and you're right. seeing all that right so i do a lot of um facetime zoom i create a lot of supplemental material um so that's what takes up most of my time now is that and that's great i mean i absolutely love it um my day never ends at the end of the day and that's true for most teachers it's not like a complaint it's mm -hmm. a it's a common this is this is what it is a lot but of more now right Even the fallacy more. that you know teachers get the summers off and they they leave at whatever time um that is never the case it's never been the case you never leave work when you leave work i'm mm -hmm. working i have kids messaging me because um you know because of the situ situation especially mm -hmm. Um, they're messaging me all night because now they're, they're say my own students, they're in a hybrid situation, but now they're coming home and they are, they're trying to do the homework that was assigned to them. Right. And they mm -hmm. don't understand it. So they'll message me on a rem remind app is what I use. Okay. Um, the way to text the kids and message each other without using email because they don't use email and without them knowing my phone number. So it's this nice in between nice called remind me. Right. So, but they remind me, they message me on remind constantly and it's, it'll go on all night until I go to bed oh. and, and it's fine. I mean, oh if I'm taken care of or if they're not here, if they're at their dad's or mm -hmm. I would answer and I would help them. Maybe I have to call them or FaceTime them or Zoom them. If their parent is there, I can do that or I have to get another teacher to do that. You can't do that with the student. Um, so uh, I have a very close communication with all the families, obviously, um, because 
we're constantly talking about, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on, how to help the kids. So I'm monitoring them constantly. I have 65 students on my caseload. Oh so. my gosh, you have 65. Yes. And you're, this is like, this is around the clock work, what you're doing. You're, you're constantly working with the students, whether they're parents, you're working with, you know, getting yeah. the studies together and, and everything you're doing. Oh my gosh, how are you managing all this? I, I have to tell you that my, it is really, um, sometimes it's unmanageable and I'm so, I, like, I would be lying if I said I wasn't overwhelmed and there weren't tears shed at times because, um. So all the hard, teachers out right? there like you, you're all right. dealing with all these problems. And you just feel like you're, you know, you're not, and there's nothing you can do about it. This is out of our control completely. Like we have to surrender to the fact that like we have, we can't do anything about it except for the best that we can is what we're doing. But you still have this feeling. I mean, we are educators and parents. Like I think the, you know, if you're a parent, you're an educator too. So Mm. you, um, and you just feel like you're failing at every turn because you're not, um, you don't have the time, right? So the time isn't there because say the one, they say the kids that were with me today, I'm not going to see them again until two days from now. Wow. So I'm missing this gap of time mm-hmm. with them and you know, that I would normally have where I could check in a little bit more consistently and it wouldn't be so bad. The gaps are wider. The time is longer. Everything takes much more, uh, everything, everything. Yeah. So, that's hard and then you have an added where i'm not sure everybody knows this or if it's public knowledge but you know kids say you know they up in the morning and i think at any time you know if you're in a hybrid situation you can opt to be virtual Mm -hmm. and that's your right right i mean you can't say because you're in a hybrid situation that you're not gonna you're you know so we have kids uh, and so the attendance people yeah you know, all day long, they're fielding, you know, the kids that were supposed to be in today. Today was a B day, for example. But there are tons of B kids, B students, whose parents called them out in the very early morning. Oh, no. And called them out, not for sick, but for virtual. Oh, so they can do that? Yes. And so then what happens when they do that? How that, that changes everything? Well, that just means that maybe instead of having... 10 kids in your class now, you have six, and the balance are virtual. So they, I mean, it, it rolls right into something, but, it, but what's happening, if that happens, then that kid you don't see for four days, you know? Oh. Like, so what's hard about that, and, and really, like, we, you know, we're in a situation where um, we have, you know, HIPAA laws, which, which are, you know, uh, respected and, and right, necessary. Right. And so it's not as if you can say uh, to kids who are you know virtual that day, why? I mean, everybody takes a, um, everybody that everybody that comes into the building, students and teachers alike, in my building anyway, mm-hmm. we have, we fill out a survey in the morning, an online survey every single morning before we go in, everybody gets their temperature taken before we walk into the building. And um, that's monitored. So um, if kids are in the building, they've t- taken a survey and had their temperature taken at the door. Okay. Before they come in. But say a parent calls them out and says, you know, we're just gonna, we're a little cautious. They're cautious, they feel unnerved. So we're, mm-hmm. gonna, we're gonna stay home for the next three days. They have that right to do that, right? 
and, interesting. And, 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 Very interesting. And they actually have that, right? I guess. I mean, it creates such an awful dynamic, though. Uh, and I mean awful in terms of uh, the challenges then for those kids or the, um, you know, the teachers in terms of getting those kids the content. And a lot of times, right, the kids that don't come in are the kids that need to be there the most. That That's always likely to. Oh, oh my gosh. Alabama, yeah. this is unbelievable what you're telling yeah. me. I mean, this to me, it sounds like a huge amount of stress, anxiety that's built up that maybe the kids that didn't have it before or even teachers oh my gosh. or anybody in management or everywhere, yeah. it's building up in everyone. The stress the is going really to be crazy. You can see the, the stress on the kids. I mean, my own children. And um, that's terrible. You're talking about your kids. Yes. And, and so you're talking about kids who didn't know what that was really. And thankfully, you know, we know what it is, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, oh, my God, I, I don't know how to do this. And, you know, I don't understand it because when he shows me and it's really because of the virtual, right? Mm -hmm. When he show, when they show me or he or she shows me, I don't get it. And, and so I go back, you know, we go back and I say, you know what? It's OK. That's all I keep saying. It's OK. You know, this too shall pass. It will come out in the, you know, in the wash and all that. And um, but at the time, you just you really have to just validate all that because they need to be able to, you know, it's to know that like, it's, it's yes, this is an anxiety inducing time. Yes, it is. And I hear that. And what can I do to help you? But we're going to be okay. That's at the really same time, life. you have to manage your own, uh, your own anxieties and stresses yeah. and everything. So you can help the students. Yeah. And how and do I you, think how most do, teachers, do that? I really do believe, and this is truly, I believe that most teachers, that got really have put their stuff on the back burner. The, the ones who saved, you know, there's a lot I said, you like, you know, not saved, not committed to this. But I would say that that's the majority from what I see and where I stand. Um, I have always, my my, my uh, experience before I came to this school, I, I was in a public school for many years. And it was like a family. That's how my that school was run. Like we, we were like family and um, it was the best job. <clears throat> I do see that today in school, mm -hmm. the teachers, the administrators, the kids, the families, everybody is just working together to create a, um, a safe, uh, oh gosh, you know, like less anxious, less mm -hmm. scary environment every day. That everybody works, works together with this. That's all we can. And I think like people, you know, like I said, from where I stand and where I sit and what I'm seeing in my school, and that's what's happening. And that's really beautiful. You know, that doesn't happen everywhere. Mm -mm. You know, when, when, you know, when stress arises, it just trickles down and creates decision and things like that. And, and I don't see that. I, I do see a real cooperative. Um, it's like having a community, uh, a real tight element. community where you are in the classroom uh, it, well, or outside I, the classroom, I, right? This has developed, I think, fostered that. That's, right? so that's amazing. That is amazing. You think about mm -hmm. all the negative around us, and then you have this moment where you have positivity going on because everybody's coming together and working yeah. together. It's like a very tight, small community, and it, the COVID has created this. I think and so. Everybody looking at mm -hmm. things differently, working together, being closer, being more caring, 
kindness. There's those things that are coming out that yeah. maybe people didn't have before. You know, when you're talking about administration and supervisors and even in the business world, but I'm you know in the education world, so that's all I know. You don't hear very often, right? It's okay mm. to totally screw up, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it what happens. Hearing, but that's what you're hearing and it's so beautiful, right? Like, oh my God, we are all in this really hard spot and we are gonna make a ton of mistakes in the beginning, right? Especially, right. And we're gonna work together to do this. I to mean, do this that's, thing. That's amazing. And I think, that, like, yeah, because it's, it's been a lot of understanding on that on that end of like, you know, look, there's still this huge element of expectation. Like that's not gone. It's not like, oh, willy nilly, just throw your stuff out there mm-hmm. and hope the kids will get it. I mean, that is not what's happening. If you, I mean, when I look at how my kids, my own children's day goes and they're home here, mm-hmm. I'm at work three days when they're here virtually alone because I have to go to work. Mm-hmm. So I set up, uh, I'll take pictures and maybe send them to you so you can use them. I set up like little pods right in my house for the kids. Oh, I didn't, okay. That's, that I didn't would be really bedroom. cool to see that. Yeah. So I set up their own little stations and everything. And I am... Um, I think for the first few days, I watched them with the doggy camera because I was curious <laughs> to see what would go on. It right. is like, it's, it's like school. They are down and everything is just like clockwork. The expectations are there. That's great to hear that. Yeah. Your, your no, kids are yeah. really doing a job. They're really yeah, working and you know hard. They, they have to. This, this was the expectation of the teachers, right? So it's passed down to the kids. And, and I think like that, so the expectations are there, but I think what's um, the part on, on that that's uh, positive and that's, that teachers have gotten out of this from the administrators and really working together is that, you know, um, it's okay. Like we're all in the same boat. Like um, it's not like this person over here just majorly did, you know, like big screw up and it's just like oh you know like you're, you're a flashing red light and you're like mm-hmm. you're the one like it's the entire everybody it's everybody everybody's so in this together really, yes. right and so i think if you can and you know what that's that's really uh a relief right to look around and go yeah. you know because we're also sometimes so centered and you know we're all thinking about our own things and our own mm-hmm. whatever and what's going on right, with us and, right and you know to really be able to, to say to the kids and everybody, look, n- n- nobody's no, we've never been here before. Not one of us. Not has one been of here. us has been. No one's been nobody through anything knows, like this. Nobody knows what they're doing. No, because there's no rule book for this. So we're going to figure it out together. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we've done, and we continue to do as things change, as they go two steps forward. Yeah, I know, five steps back. Yeah, yeah. We just keep doing that and saying, you know what? Hey, this isn't working, but this is what we're going to do. And you know what? I think, like, I, I'm a special educator, so I have always had the mindset of what worked yesterday might not work today. So That's a good mindset to have. <laughs> well, I can't go into a classroom with special needs kids at any time and say, you know, because I've been doing this, with them, all this, they can change, first of all, you know, kids or kids, teenagers, you know, they can change their minds anytime. Like, so I, like I have to be prepared to be really on the spot flexible. So 
what I think COVID has happened, has done, is really help teachers in that way too learn and, and feel comfortable not doing it the same way or the way that they thought it had to be done or the way that they have always done it or the way that, um, you know, and it's, and it's really a great way right. to say, like I have so many emails that come in saying, you know what, technical difficulties today, right? Like, you know, technical difficulties. <laughs> a lot of those. <laughs> My Zoom meeting crashed and half the kids, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and, you know, no. and so I'm gonna take today's lesson and I'm gonna create, instead of the, whatever, I'm gonna create a lab for this lesson instead, and then we'll postpone the quiz for a day. Do you see what I mean? Like, instead yes, of just saying, well, we're just going to force ahead because that's what we're doing, you know. Every day is different. You just don't know yeah. what you're walking into. No. And on the flip side is a real empathetic, compassionate understanding for the children who are either 100% virtual or hybrid at home because um, you don't know what they're what that means right? I know what a home is to me I don't know what a home is to everybody and it doesn't matter what district I'm in if I think I'm in uh, county or I think I'm in Philadelphia or I think I'm in you know Montgomery County or I think I'm in it doesn't matter it doesn't matter which district you're in no. right? and so when you're talking about a kid having to be at home virtually the understanding needs to be and it, and it is from where I'm sitting right has grown to, you know, maybe they don't have technology. Maybe they're sharing a computer with four siblings. True. Maybe. Not everybody has a computer. You no. Know, you have to think maybe about that. Have, maybe, you know, maybe they don't want to put themselves on the camera because they mm. don't have a home. Oh, my God. No, I right? didn't even think. So you've got kids that may not have a home. They don't want to no. put themselves out there maybe. because of that reason. Maybe. Oh, that's so sad to think about this. But that's the reality of things, isn't it? We yeah. have kids. We know. I mean, in the school district that I taught in before, definitely kids that were living, and maybe not homeless, but, but maybe homeless, maybe in shelters. Oh, no. A place that they would want anybody to see. So you're all, this is bringing a whole level, another level, not just anxiety over, you know, school, but social anxiety and yeah. you know mental health issues and and those kinds of things and and um you know i i think that one of the things that as an educator and we've talked about that in our in our building with each other and and i and i love that you know because i think we do need to be really understanding about who our audience is and where they are when they're not in school with us and i think we tend to forget because, we do. We do. Right? And just just you mentioning those kids out there that may not have a home. They could be on the street. They could be living with somebody else. They just need a, a roof over their head and some food. So we don't right. know where they're coming from. I mean, I know I've seen the the um, advertisement for the was it convent the convent house? Is that right? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, convent. It's convent. I think. So yeah, because they take kids in. So they give them food, housing, and we have one right here in Bucks County. You know, we, you and I chatted a little bit. So there's a lot of food insecure people in Bucks County. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I think a lot of, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what Bucks County has. It doesn't oh, there matter. is. There is a lot of misunderstanding. Right? You know, Bucks, there's homeless in Bucks County. There are food insecure families in Bucks County. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking, and those children go to school like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, you know, that when I hear, when I heard um, my sister-in-law um, worked in another district, public, and um, there was a lot of talk in her district because it is in an area whether or not that they were going to, um, you know, have the kids maybe on camera, but maybe they don't have to stay on camera for those reasons. You know, because if again, the expectation is if, if you're in a virtual or hybrid situation, you have to have kids attend your class while they're home. Right. They have to because it's school. It's right. not school. You know, they have to. You're not there. You're truant. Whether mm-hmm. you're home, virtual, hybrid, whatever. Um, and if you're not accounted for or you're an excuse, it's a truant. It's a. It's a. It becomes a truant problem. It does. And so, yes. So, but there's then this, you know, so you're, it's just, there's layers and layers and layers of this that people maybe don't recognize. No, or don't they don't. Think and they're talking about, you know, you know, this, well, where was so-and-so? He didn't turn on his camera today. Who knows why he didn't turn on his camera today? You know, or does he have a camera? Does he? A lot of questions. You, you know, don't know why. Quite, you don't know. Right. And so I think that it has really softened up in a, I mean, look, it's, it's, um, it's a horrible situation, obviously the pandemic, but I think to, to be able to, um, look at some of these things as positives in this field, especially, um, you know, to have a better understanding of, you know, who we, who, who, who are we teaching? You know, and we're teaching kids and people. We're not teaching students. You know, That's they're right. little people. They're and little they're people. They should start calling them, you know, not kids. Not even, you know, they're students, yes, but they're little people. They're yeah. going to be one day, they're going to be big people and dealing with the bigger yeah. problems. They have, they have problems now, and those problems can grow, get bigger, and, and they keep escalating and building. So, we, you know, we need to help those students yeah. out there. We really yeah, do. School, I mean, school is a huge part of their life, right? Because mm-hmm. they're there. Well, it is. They're there more than they're at home at this point, mm-hmm. right? But they still go home. Mm-hmm. They don't live at school. And so they're going home. Do we know where they're going? Do we know what their home looks like? Do we know where right. they all live? Do we, we don't know, know what's going on. In fact, do they have siblings? Is there drug use? Is there... We have no idea. And so I huge think problems. That, we have a lot of huge problems out there that we're not aware of, or a lot of no. people aren't aware of. Because no. one of the things that I learned, because I was working for a, a psychology group here in Doylestown, I was doing all their social media. So I got to hear about what was going on, and, and what I was shocked at is that the you know the parents are home, the kids are home. We have a higher rate of domestic abuse, child abuse, all kinds of things that are escalating. We've got people now that are drinking more, people that are using drugs more, and not just the kids, you're talking about the adults. So we've got all these problems that are escalating. All the the students, the the little people are seeing all this. 
Yeah. And how are they handling all these problems? Right. They're but, dealing right, with their, cool. their parents. Because you're talking about, again, so as a special educator, and I worked in a uh, an urban setting before and a lower SES setting, uh, that, that was where I taught. So I was well aware of, you know, the primary needs of kids when they came to see me weren't maybe reading and writing and math. It was sleep and, and food, right? Mm -hmm. And, but over here in this county, sometimes we don't think that way or we don't think it's possible that the kids come in and their primary need is hasn't been met yet. Their primary needs haven't been met. They don't maybe have a home or they haven't had food or they haven't had sleep or That's whatever, horrible. right? So, mm -hmm. but, but, but you're correct in saying that, you know, even in this county, right? So the liquor stores needed to stay open because they were considered essential for a reason. I, yeah, I, I, I can't even understand that, but. To avoid, I think, you know, detox issues, mm -hmm. overcrowding of hospitals with detox patients um, from, al you know, detoxing from alcohol. Alcoholism is mm -hmm. huge. Everything's escalated. We can't afford to have alcoholics. I mean, this is the mindset I'm saying because um, I'm in recovery. I'm anonymous, so this is it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm in recovery and I have a heart for people who have disease of alcoholism. I understand it in a way that people who are not alcoholics do not understand. Because you've been there. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I have been sober now eight years, a little oh, over eight years. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. That's Thank you. That's a long time. That's a great, great long time. Yeah. And you know Wonderful. what? But it, it's, it's so one day, right? It's one day because I can't rate on my sobriety. It's not contingent upon yesterday. So it's a day at a time. So. But, but, the, but the problem with the, so the pandemic has really caused this horrific effect for those in recovery or those alcoholism, that, that those are still suffering, those who are, have become alcoholics mm -hmm. in the pandemic. Um, but you know, maybe they were, you know, teetering on that edge and, mm -hmm. you know, look, nobody, nobody really knows, you know, that the line that's crossed or when the line's crossed, but it's, when, once it's crossed, it's crossed, right? Right. You can't go back to being a, a cucumber once you're a pickle. That's the way it goes. Right. So you um, have this, this situation where now really people are very, very sick and they're dying and uh, they need all the room they can get in hospitals. I know it's horrible. Keep the labor open. It's <laughs> just it's just so hard to take sometimes when you think about all these people out there in the hospitals, the frontline workers, all the people that are dying, all the people that are suffering, you know, because of this virus. Yeah. Um, and I I lost clients like former clients when I was driving. I lost a lot of clients that they yeah. had COVID. Yeah. I got the call from the kids and say, I'm sorry, Martha. But we lost mom and dad. Mom went yeah. one week, dad went the next. Oh my gosh. And I don't know how many times I heard that that call that came in. And you know, but I think again, if you don't mind me going back to the whole recovery thing real quick, mm -hmm. alcoholism is a disease too. Oh, it is. Right? Yes. And so, but it's considered still by the medical community uh, 
not as an important of a disease as say something else, right? Because I think the majority of people, non-alcoholics, maybe even them, don't really understand um, that it's not a choice. Um, alcoholics understand that it is not a choice. Right. Once an alcoholic is an alcoholic, it's not a choice. They have lost the choice. That's what it mm -hmm. is to be an alcoholic. You have lost the choice. Yes. Um, to pick up a drink or not pick up a drink. And you don't want to. I mean, if you gave me a lie detector test, mm -hmm. the last, you know, before I got sober, every day that, you know, and, and you asked me, are you going to drink tonight? Do you want to drink today? I would have said no and passed because I meant it. But I would pick up a drink every day because wow. I didn't have a choice. And that's an alcoholic. That's, um, so the alcoholics are suffering in this pandemic, mm -hmm. drug addicts, people in recovery, people not in recovery. Others suffering hard. Suffering um, at a level probably not seen for a long time, I think, because recovery, recovery was really like on, a, 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 um, I'm not saying, you know, we weren't having, look, there was an opiate crisis. That yes, was, right. We know that. Gone. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, that was, you know, just before pandemic. I mean, that was mm -hmm. the last big real crisis. Um, but I think that what's happening with, with this is that, you know, recovery has now, it's challenging. I mean, you're talking about now meetings. People rely on meetings and places to go. Um, and the meetings are different now that you're having the meetings, but you're doing it through the Zoom. And, and the people that needed that recovery that had those meetings, they needed to be, they needed to see people. Right. But that's their, like, mm. so there's nothing, again, it's really almost like teaching. You can deliver recovery, you know, virtually. Sure you can. I could listen to videos. And I could, but there is nothing like being with those people to hear the message from mm -hmm. their being, right? From them. Right. And so that's, you know, and, I, and I'm feeling, so if the, the meetings were closed for a while, my recovery suffered over the summer for sure. And it wasn't, I didn't pick up a drink. I didn't, I know, I, I have a choice today to get sober, mm -hmm. to pick up a drink or not. And I choose not to one day at a time, but I, you know, I was getting to meetings. I wasn't seeing people. I wasn't, you know, because you're you're stuck. And the worst thing for an addict or an alcoholic is to isolate. Yes, and it is. Isolated. We are mandatorily isolated at times. Yeah, there's no choice. So we don't. We're not just seeing rise of alcoholism, but we're seeing the rise of relapse and you know people that had decades of sobriety. Mm -hmm. It's and again, this is where it doesn't matter. If this is where we learn is one day at a time. And if we're not working a program, no matter what's happening on in the world, like mm -hmm. what's going on, it doesn't matter how much time you have. It, it, you know, you have to. Such a sad situation. I, I thinking about this, it's just, it's mind, it's, it's mind boggling to think about all those people out there that need the help and they can't get it right now because of everything going on. Uh, and it's, it's horrible. There, but it's just not, look, it's just like anything else um, in recovery. The offer is there, right? So, but, but it's so much harder, I think, for people to have the willingness in this pandemic than if they would be with people. You know, uh, there's a thing that you can do with a person face to face, alcoholics, you know, 
get sitting down, talking together one-on-one, that does not translate or transmit uh, virtually. No, and so no, it doesn't. You just, that piece. And so I think, you know, the meetings are there. There's tons and tons of meetings and they are amazing. Amazing. I, I attend Zoom meetings and they're great. It's just not the same. And so I like to do both. I've gone to meetings now. I've been, you know, getting to meetings okay, in, good. in person meetings. The protocol is the same. Sign in. There's only certain seats. Sanitizing. Mm-hmm. Masks. The whole meeting. Um, outdoor meetings. Uh, so recovery has not stopped. It has changed. Right? Right. But it's made it less uh, accessible. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. The people who maybe um, were leery of it in the first place. You know what yeah, I mean? sure they were. <laughs> to you know to, to enter recovery at this time and uh this it has is to be a strange yeah. situation though you're entering recovery when you're not actually you know you might not be able to go in to re- see somebody right. but you're doing it through zoom or facetime it, right. it's very different and challenging very challenging you just have to keep trying i mean i have um you know i have new people that i'm working with new women i work with women and you know i met um in the pandemic that you know, have either relapse or they're, you know, want to work steps. And so I'm doing that. And I, again, it's like anything else. Mm. We have to know, uh, I have to just keep taking the right action, right? Um, that's it. I just have to keep taking the right action to get the results that I need right. and know how to do that for my recovery today. But not everybody does or they forgot or meetings, you know, now, you know, Things have changed, and maybe they're not as comfortable, you know, with change. I mean, nobody really is, and nobody's no, uh, nobody's right, comfortable so with that change. So it's it's just added on another layer, right, of, mm. of challenge, and and it's just my hope that um, you know that people can make it through, whether it's COVID or yeah. addiction or alcoholism, you know, all of these diseases, all of these things that are happening um, simultaneously. You know that you know that they can find their way that that you know um getting the help they need whatever that help is you know what being would you willing- tell somebody out there you got people out there listening that that are struggling through all this everything that you're talking about i mean what was a what's a one thing that you could tell somebody what would you say to them to get some help they're not sure where to go I mean, you know, they I might be a, they that, might be an alcoholic, you know, an alcoholic that's trying to recover, you know, going yeah. through the Zoom, or you might have a, a drug addict, or you might have educators out there listening to this too, and they're, you know, what could you tell people from an edu- from an educator point of view? Well, I think that um, the best, I mean, for for recovery, I would say um, to get online. For this region, there's a there's a website. Um, it's sepia.org. Mm-hmm. It's the Southeastern Pennsylvania region's website for AA. Okay. And if they get online, it tells you everything about meetings. And the fact of the matter is, is that whether there's a pandemic or not, when you're in a situation, addiction, alcoholism, you're hopeless. That's where you are. You're in a hopeless state. You, mm-hmm. you really feel like this is it. This is what my this is what my life is, and I can definitively say it is not. And you've all been that there. 
All that's needed is a little tiny bit of willingness. Not even a lot. Just a little bit? A sliver of willingness. That's all you need is just a sliver of being willing to... Willing to... Get help. To get help. And, And to consider, you know, trying. Um, because recovery is not for people who want it. Everybody, look, I've met a lot of people. There's a lot of people that don't, I mean, people don't stay in recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, they fall out, they fall, they die. I've known tons of people who died. So oh, oh, that's people, horrible. It's not for people who want it. Because a lot of people want it and they don't keep it or they don't get it. Mm-hmm. It's for people who do it. Right? So... When people say they didn't want it bad enough, I think that's not true. They didn't do what they needed to do, what was suggested of them to do, to stay sober and to to change their lives. And so if people are out there and they're feeling this way, guess what? Yes, yes. Nobody walks into a recovery program like uh, at the top of their game. Nobody. We are at the bottom. That's why it's called the bottom, but there is hope. If they have a little tiny, tiny pinprick of a window. They need you. They have you and they can listen to you. And and that may be that just you being on this podcast today could be that that sliver of hope for someone out there listening to this. Because you know what? It was for me. And it was a person for me who said something to me that I heard. You know what? When the the student is ready, the teacher appears, Mm -hmm. right? I had probably heard this a million times from other people. But for some reason, that day, this person said this thing to me, and it was different. And for the first time, I heard what I hadn't heard. And that was, I have a shot if, I, if I'm willing to do something, right? Mm-hmm. If I could just uh, believe and be willing to do. And you heard that. And I heard that that day. You didn't hear it before, but you heard it that day. Right. A little over eight years ago now. So um, it's never too late. Right? It's never too late. Right. It's never too late. I was Every uh, day is I a new 40, day. You can start every day. Right. I was, I was like, I'm too old. That was my thing. I'm too old. 43. Oh, my gosh. You said that. You said you were... I did. No. That was, but that's an excuse, right? Oh, uh, no. Oh, this is just the way it's going to be for me. You know? It's never too late. I mean, I just, we come up with every excuse. That's what alcoholism tells us. That's what addiction tells us. Mm -hmm. You're no good. It's all you got. You're not worth it. And I get it. You know what you are? And it's just, you have to be willing. Nobody can gift you. Mm -hmm. Desperation and willingness are two gifts. Very necessary for recovery. And not be given to you. You have to have them. Uh, Exactly. they have to happen to you, you know. Yeah. So, wow. and teach you are you're you are an educator. You you're yeah. an educator because you teach people. You're helping people out there, and not just in education with kids. You're helping others as far as the recovery goes. You've been there. You've done it, and now you're trying to help other people see it I mean, and help them. Well, Martha, if I told you, I mean, if I tell you the truth, it is that I'm not some altruistic kind of a person. I'm pretty selfish. And if I didn't have to do all of that, I probably wouldn't because I'm also a little lazy. But what I know is that I have experienced a life 
beyond my dreams sober with my children and they were little when I went into AA different life now right compared and to what you had I don't want to ever give that up mm-hmm. and what I'm told is that I have to do these things I have to share this with other people and I have to help another person in recovery in order for me to stay sober right that's that's the truth. You have to help people. I don't keep it. Right. So, um, you're gifting other people the chance to get help. You're trying to help them. And that's something that you're going to do because you've been there. I have to. And I have to, if I were to there's a selfish motive here too. And it's, it's just something like, you know, I mean, trust me, ask my sponsor, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, how hard it is to meet with me because I will come up with every reason not to meet with her. Right. You know, but it's, this is who we are. I mean, we're humans and um, I'm not, you know, traipsing around loving the fact that I have to or, you know, that I am, you know, sponsoring people or going to meetings. And I like to sit home and eat ice cream and watch trash TV <laughs> on just like everybody else. Okay. But I can't because I, I can't afford to do that because right. I'm, I'm alcoholic. So if I want to keep this life and to feel this peace and contentment and freedom that I have mm-hmm. had, that I've had for eight years that I never had in my life, I better do those things. Get off my butt and get to a meeting or do whatever it is that my sponsor tells mm-hmm. me I need to do, even though I hate her for telling me sometimes. That's <laughs> I bet you, I'm sure you do. But you know what? You can tell your sponsor right now to say, guess what I got to do? I got to go on a podcast <laughs> and I got to tell my story. And that story is going to help some people out there listening to this. Yeah. You did a good thing because you got a hundred thousand people out there listening all throughout the world. You might have made a difference in I, even I twenty people. That. And you know what? That's um I, I don't you know my higher power, who I call God, right? That's who that's who um, shows me what to do. Cause guess my best thinking I got I landed in AA. So uh, and 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 made real bad choices sometimes. But my higher power, you know, if I rely on my power, and it could be whatever that is to you, whatever that is to you, it's just simple for me to say, God, three letters, uh, good orderly direction. I don't care what you call it, right? But I, uh, it's not me. It's just not me. That's that's all I know. Because left up to my own devices, I'd still be drinking. Oh. See you, what I mean? You don't even like, want to think about having a life right now that you continue to drink and no. put yourself... It, it would take you down a very yeah. bad downward spiral and just leads to even more problems and more problems and more negative. Right. And it's just a, it's a horrible life. I have another friend of mine who was on a podcast uh, about a month ago or so. She's a recovering, I mean, she did. She recovered from alcoholism. And it was a hell trip. And mm-hmm. she was through literal hell. She put herself through rehab multiple times. She yeah. never, but she never got cleaned up till the last time. Thank and God. That's what did it. And she finally got through it. And she has a business now. She's doing very well. She's been clean um, for a very long time now. And I'm so, I'm proud of her. I'm proud of you. And because it takes a lot to do that. It's a, it's a lot of work. It's a struggle. Yeah. And, and you know, you get through my, it. It's really about, um, 
it's traction. It's not, um, you know, when I, when I, when I got to, um, I, like, I would just look around, I'm like, geez, these people seem really content and peaceful. Mm. And I didn't know what those two words meant at all, you know, for a very long time. And, um, you know, if I just, again, like if anybody's struggling, there are places to go. There's a lot of the recovery centers of America is another place. Um, that's a big one. Mm. There's ProAct and, and um, there's a lot of different organizations. You Google recovery. I mean, it's hot, right? Oh, sure it is. And make sure, yeah, make sure you get those. Um, the links that you can send me would be great. Because we will put that in there because that podcast goes everywhere, right? So many. And they there's will just, see those links and use those links. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's, and there's all different. Look, I only know my recovery, like my story. My my recovery is through um, 12 steps of alcoholics. That's, that's mine. But there are multiple pathways to recovery for people, mm-hmm. right? And who nobody can choose that for you. Right. Well, we can put those links in there to guide them. You know, maybe they'll yeah. find one that they like, right. or they just will get them an idea to search for other ones. Right. That's the idea is like put it out right. there so they can at least start reading something. Yeah. If it helps at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it will. It will. You did your part. You did your part today by talking oh, about yeah. this, talking about this education, about the pandemic, about recovery. And it's tough. I mean, but you did it. And you've been clean for many years, which is incredible. And like I said, I'm very proud of you and so Thank happy. You. I know your family. I know your kids. I'm sure they're very proud of you. Proud of I mean, mom. they don't they don't remember me drinking because they were little. And um, but I know that they love me sober. I tell you, you know, they grew up with me in recovery. So um, they know all about recovery. They know why I'm in recovery. They know. Um, you know, what can happen, uh, they, you know, but the way I live my life today, it's by the principles that I've learned. And really, honestly, honestly, my recovery is simply about uh, being a good human, <laughs> being honest. Right. I mean, go for not lying or cheating or being mean or, you know, uh, judgment. Like, it's just being a good person. Being and a that's human being. That's all I want to do is be a good person, do the next right thing, stay sober, help somebody else. Help uh, one person, that one person helps somebody else. If you keep doing that, eventually you pay it forward. One person gets help, that person helps somebody else. It's just pay this, this kindness. Let it be contagious. Kindness can be contagious, right? Right. I mean, it's crazy. Like a lot of the things that I went into the, you know, recovery, I don't remember the women that said things to me, these certain things, but I'll never forget the things they said to me. They stuck with me. They said things to me that were so powerful and impactful. And and then they were gone. I don't remember who they were, but that's how it works, right? And so I think that's what it is, is that, you know, these women don't know. I mean, I don't remember who they are. Mm -hmm. They don't know that they made a huge impact on my life. No, they didn't know. Of one thing he said in one of the meetings that I went to, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, wow, wow!" You know, it's powerful. And that's how I think recovery does work like that. It does, it does, and you're uh, living proof of that. And you're—I'm uh, hoping that we can 
get somebody that calls in and say, hey, I, uh, I really loved your guest because that person made a difference in my life. I would love to have someone call me and tell me that happens. Somebody that can text beautiful. me. They can do, you know, I've got the community text. They can text me anytime. People from anywhere in the world. I just want to say again, like shout out, huge, huge props to these teachers. I don't care what district you're in, what community you're in, what county you're in, to the teachers who are in school, out of school, doing their thing. They are really, really um, amazing and have and really never, I've, they probably never uh, fathomed what they'd have to be facing today, mm -hmm. this pandemic and, and, and trying to teach, you know, educate our children today. Um, so congratulations to, and, and thank, thank you to all these teachers out there um and 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 to the recovery people really um put your hand out just put your hand out you thank know thank you thank you they need to hear that they need to hear yeah. you and i i am so happy that you were able to come on to the podcast and talk about thanks. this well thanks i, for I really appreciate it so awesome it's so fun i can't wait to hear some teachers and i'm hoping that you can share this with your you know with friends and family and maybe some of your colleagues, you can share this podcast with them and let them hear you because you did an incredible job. And I, if you could just help one person, that makes a big difference. Thank Huge you so difference. much. Uh, Thank you so much. And uh, is, we'll have to play some Alabama on this podcast at some point. I, think yes. in there. I might just throw one song because I love your name. I do. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty incredible name though, isn't it? It is incredible. Yes, you can't forget your name. And I'm Not sure there many people won't forget your name. You could call me Bama for short. Okay, Bama, we got you, Bama. I love it. <laughs> we love that. We we really appreciate your time and all your effort that you're doing out there. You know, all the teaching that you're doing, everything around the clock. You're working yeah. nonstop. So keep Thank it up and stay love, safe. Love. Be healthy. Yeah. Uh, and I know, I know we'll get through this. We will. We will. There's no other choice, Martha, really, is there? There isn't. No, we have no That's choice. It. We will we survive. Until we look back and go, wow, that really sucks. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, it just makes us stronger. Think of it this way. Yes, it's right. very tough to do all this, but it does make us stronger. Because, you know, when something else comes along that's even worse, I hope it doesn't. But it does prepare us for other things. Right. Getting down to this level of, of a pandemic situation. Yeah. Well, you yeah. take care of yourself, okay? You and too. We will be in touch. Uh, okay. We'll text each other or we'll FaceTime or whatever. I we love will, that. We'll be in touch, okay? All right, Martha. Thank you. You take care. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Everyone, that was Miss Bama, Alabama. She is an incredible woman trying to get the word out there, trying to help people. Um, at the same time, she's taking care of her family, being an educator, being involved with everything that's going on, the virtual world, the hybrid, you know, the students that are out there. Everybody is going through this horrible time and we're in it together. Everybody needs to come together as a community and we can make it. We can survive. We will get this dark winter out of the way and come out of it during the spring much stronger, learn a lot, and we will survive this. Everybody just be kind. Everyone. 
that person that you don't know that's walking in front of you, they're in front of the car, wherever they are, you don't know what kind of situation they're in. You don't know where they've been. So just be nice to each other. That's all we ask. Be nice, be kind, have a heart, especially during this time of the year. We are December 2nd, Christmas, Hanukkah, the holidays are ahead of us, and everyone needs love. They need hugs, which I know is really hard to do because of the pandemic, but we need to just have kind words to say to one another. And Alabama, thank you for all the wonderful, beautiful, kind words you said today and to help all those people out there in the world. Everybody have a great night. We will talk soon. This is Bucks County Bites over and out.